the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Well, you've tuned in to Way of Grace, the broadcast outreach of Grace Bible Church in Hayward. And we've been studying in the book of Numbers this week, a series that Pastor Jessica Stand has entitled, Arise, Move, and Go. We're focusing on one man's tendency to rebel against what's actually good for him. Pastor Jessica Stand will tell us that we need to be careful. God promises judgment on all who rebel against him. Let's turn in our Bibles to the book of Numbers, chapter 12. Here's Pastor Jesse. Notice God's not even dealing with the crazy people. He's dealing with the crazy family. That's why our message is family matters. He's dealing with the crazy family. Listen to what he says. The text tells us, And the Lord came down in the pillar of the cloud and stood in the door of the tabernacle and called Aaron and Miriam, and they both came forth. Now, will you notice a separation? Do you notice it? This is daddy talking. Moses, you stay over here because this ain't about you. This is about these two rebellious, deceptive, mentally distorted children that somehow arrogantly assumes they can occupy a position that I did not give them. Can y'all see it? Give me a few more minutes. Notice what it says. Here's what he says. And he said, hear now the words that I tell you. If there be a prophet among you, I, the Lord, will make myself known to him in a vision and I will speak to him in a dream. Not so with my servant Moses. Now, this is certainly true. I don't want to go into a whole discourse on the prophets. All of the prophets had revelations of God. And frequently the Lord Jesus would speak to them. I've told you whenever God speaks, it's the voice of the son of God. He is the word of the father. You must know that all of the prophets did not have a special personal coming down from heaven of the Lord Jesus. That's what you see in the text. Is it not? Who's coming down? Jesus. Jesus is always the one coming down. We saw him come down in chapter 34, stood by Moses, did he not? We saw him come down in Numbers 11, stood by Moses when he poured his spirit on the 70 elders, did he not? I'm showing you how to see the invisible Yahweh in your text. Lo, I come in the volume of the book, it's written of me. Your Bible is about Jesus because he's the mediator between God and us. And when he's coming down, He's coming down to mediate for our good, but he will also punish our sin. You see it? Look at the text. It tells us, and the Lord came down in a pillar of a cloud, stood in the tabernacle and said, come here, come here, Aaron, come here, Miriam. And he said, hear now my words. Verse eight, with him will I speak mouth to mouth. That here, this here underscores an equality of relationship. Not ontologically, but relationally. 
meaning Moses is not going to have to reach for understanding who God is. He's not going to have to chase God down. The Lord Jesus is right. Watch this. Notice what the text says. I will speak to him mouth to mouth, even what? Apparently, not in parables, not in dark speeches, not in similes, not in metaphors, not in analogies, not in, not in opaque terms, but very plainly. And the what? The similitude, the similitude, the image, the concrete manifestation of the invisible Yahweh. Who is that? His name is Jesus. Do you see it? The Lord Jesus had constant fellowship with Moses. Did he not? Moses had the privilege of knowing the second person. That's because Moses is a representative of him. That's Deuteronomy 18, 15, your own time. The Lord is going to raise up someone in the end times just like me. Him, you better hear because if you don't, he's going to destroy you. So Moses points to who? Did y'all get that? Capture that. That's a key for you to get. Moses and Jesus had constant fellowship in the Old Testament. And what happens in Matthew 17, when Jesus is on the Mount of Transfiguration, there Moses is again, along with Elijah. They knew Jesus. All three of them sum up the totality of your Bible. The law, the prophets, and the New Testament. Did y'all get that? The total revelation of God is summed up in Moses, Elijah, and Jesus. That book you got called the Bible, that's Moses, Elijah, and who? Jesus, through the 12 apostles. Y'all got what I'm saying? Jesus is talking here to Aaron and Miriam. This is wild. Wherefore then were you not afraid to speak against my servant Moses? See? Y'all get that question? All right, I'm almost done here. This is wild. You know what Jesus said to them? How come you didn't fear my servant? Who do you think you are? Who you, I know that's your brother. I also know that's your little brother. But this is not about flesh and blood. I called him. How come you didn't fear him? See what I'm getting at? This is an application to every one of our families. This is an application to every one of our families. Every one of our families should be probed by this right now because God demands that we respect the hierarchy of authority in the home, in the church, and in the government. Did that make some sense to you? How come you didn't fear my servant? How come you didn't? This is serious with God. Now watch it now because I think you guys got the message. I don't need to unpack it that much. Hear it for yourself. Notice again in verse 9, and the anger of the Lord was kindled against them, and he what? Now, when he departed, everyone in Israel saw it. Because remember, Moses, Aaron, and Miriam had to go out to the tabernacle. The tabernacle was already separated from the people of God. Stage one of departure. I taught y'all that. So Israel is way down the road looking at what's going on down the road in the tabernacle. And the Shekinah glory was on it. The cloud and the fire were on it while God, while Christ is talking to Moses, Aaron, and Miriam. When he gets through chiding Aaron and Miriam, what does he do? He leaves, which is a symbol of God being displeased with the whole nation. 
This is a precursor to Ezekiel 9 through 18, where I taught you the Shekinah glory leaves the Holy of Holies, leaves the cherubim, the Ark of the Covenant. And once the Holy of Holies is abandoned by the Shekinah glory, it's just empty religion without power. Y'all keeping up with me? Very good. Very good. Something for you to learn. This is why David, this is why David said, in the Psalms, Lord, take not your Holy Spirit from me. That's why he said it. That's why he said it. Don't play with God. All right. You might be saved. But if God backs away from you, you are empty and powerless. You are susceptible to any and every carnal thing that any other human being is susceptible to except blasphemy of the Holy Ghost. Let me help you. When God backs away from you, you have told him, Lord, I don't want you dominating my mind and my heart. I don't want you convicting me of sin. I don't want you keeping me in my lane. I want to operate outside of my lane. I want to do what I want to do. And if he gives you over to that, please understand you are begging for misery. And it shows up in not fearing God and not fearing authority, which is an attribute of the devil. The devil hates authority unless it's his own. Y'all keeping up with me? Very clear. Verse 10. Let me walk this out and shut it down. And the cloud departed from the tabernacle. Behold, Miriam became leprous and white as snow. See it? She went up to the tabernacle hole. She left rotting in her skin. We could go deep into the leprosy thing. We will not. Leprosy was a contagion at that time as it is today. And it was symbolic of the uh, ravages of sin in our body. In the same way that leprosy would start small as a scab on the skin, and then because it was deeper, upper, uh, the, uh, the epidermics of it goes under the skin because it gets into the blood. Um, it begins to spread and the skin hardens and, and there's a very, very gross smell manifested with it. And so the nerve endings are compromised. And so you start losing digits of your body and it's a very ugly, slow, massive death. Am I making some sense? And Miriam was starting that process, indicating that God had brought that curse on her for her rebellion. Now, listen to what he says, because you just need to hear God's argument, not mine. Listen to God's argument. The text says over in verse 10, verse 11, And Aaron said to Moses, Alas, my Lord, I beseech you, lay not this sin upon us, wherein we have done foolishly, wherein we have sinned. There go Jimmy Swaggart again. Stay, stay with me. Moses is the high priest. Is Moses the high priest? Doesn't he have access to God? He doesn't act like it. He's acting like he doesn't know God from the man on the moon, and he's calling on Moses to be the high priest. Things to learn. So here's an application. Sometimes people are so far away from their walk with God that they don't have confidence that they can talk to God. Y'all keeping up with me? So they're so far away from God in their walk, they don't have confidence that God will hear them. And so they will frequently say to you, pray for me. Are y'all hearing me? 
Right. When you can discern that that's sincere and true, say, I will, and make sure you do it. But a lot of times they're asking you to pray for them because they're not willing to call on God for themselves. And when you pick up that they're really lazy and careless about a privilege that God gives any one of us, then just say, pray for yourself and keep it moving. No, pray for yourself. Pray for yourself. God will hear you. If you're sincere, if you're you're coming humbly, God hears the prayers of the humble. A broken and a contrite heart, he will never despise. I'm not Jesus. I can pray for you, but I'm not guaranteed God's going to hear me, particularly if you uh, if you harbor iniquity in your heart, the Lord's not going to hear you for your sake. He's not going to just hear me, be, hear me for you when you can say, Lord, it's me. It's me, O oh Lord, standing in the need of prayer. I'm the one walking in rebellion against you. Have mercy on me, O oh Lord. Am I making some sense? Don't try to play Jesus. You're going to have to pick up whether or not they're sincere about that. Because a lot of people want to play Jesus. I'm praying for you. I'm praying for you. I'm praying for you. Did God tell you to pray for them? Yeah. Does that make some sense? Yes, sir. All right. So I'm going to help you with that and I'm going to shut it on down. A lot of times you're engaging in the Messiah complex of saying you're going to pray for them, but you don't. That means that God didn't actually grace you to do it. You just run it off at the mouth. So the next time you see him, say, you know what, man, I said I was going to pray for you, but I didn't. So all the hell that's breaking out on you, that ain't my fault. That's your fault. <laughs> I, I, I thought I could pray for you, but it, it just wasn't working out. So I guess the Lord wasn't hearing me or something. Maybe I wasn't honest or sincere. And what I am talking about is the, the profound self-deception that we all engage in when we play games with a God who hears prayer. So our sister is jacked up and Aaron is calling on Moses. And then notice what it says in verse 12. Let her not be as one dead of whom the flesh is half consumed when he comes out of his mother's womb. Do you see it? So now the plea is serious. I get you. I get you, Aaron. I really, I really get you. But why did it take all this for you to act like this? Notice what it says in verse 13. And Moses cried unto the Lord. There's that humble brother again. You know, I would have chided Aaron before I went to pray. Oh, oh, so now you, this is the second time, Aaron. Why, why you, I would have been all on top of him. I would have got my 30 lashes out first, and then I would have went and prayed. You see how humble Moses is? Moses does not want his sister to die. Right. And also what humility does, if you guys have a little bit of time for me, humility is an insulating quality. When, when God grants you humility, I want you to pick up on this. When, when he grants you humility, he grants you a quality of character that allows you to not only endure accusations, but you quickly forget them. They don't stay with you at length because humility frees you from the the tyranny of self-importance. I want this to come home because the enemy loves to make you important to you. And and when he makes you important to you, you're you're now on the path of self-deception and it's rooted in pride. And when anything 
challenges that, even people just not paying you any attention. Now you want to make them an enemy because they're not paying you any attention. They don't see you the way you see yourself because you're not real. The devil helps you paint a picture of yourself that's a fraud. Now, it's not that people are ignoring you or neglecting you in a malevolent way. They just don't see you that way. You're not all that, dude. I'm not either. What a beautiful thing to live in a world of 8 billion people with God's approval and not needing any other approval but God's approval. I'm almost done. What, what, a, what a liberation. Really, this is the essence and nexus of the gospel, really. The gospel is a God of the universe that is willing to deal with one person at a time in the profundity of a personal relationship with them that so satisfies them that they don't have to start on an ego trip for people to notice that they're saved. Am I making some sense? The Lord is able to satisfy that person in their own individual walk and, and, and give them the capacity to stay in their lane and just do what God has called them to do. And they're not trying to do anything more because they're satisfied with Christ. Right. So very clear. This is happening with Moses. And notice what Moses does. He sincerely pleads with God, doesn't he? Look at the verse. Look at the next verse. Look at verse 13. I'm, I have to get done. Look at verse 13. Uh, and Moses, verse 14. I beg you, oh God, heal her now. That's, that's good, isn't it? Heal her now. Some of y'all can write that down. Because you got loved ones that need healing. And the Lord said unto Moses, if her father had but spit in her face. I love this. This is what he meant when he says straight conversation between me and Moses. This is God talking straight to Moses. And Moses, this is how offended I am. It's as if she said something worthy of her father to spit in her face. Now, y'all don't get that in America. Third world countries that understand shame get it. That understand the hierarchy of relationships that honor patriarchy, which we don't do in this world. We do not honor patriarchy in this world. We don't honor it. Miriam had no business being the purveyor of that kind of arrogant, very, very, very toxic, very contaminating racist thought. She had no business doing it. Y'all got that? Because God already knows that that's how we are. We are so hyper self-important that we are xenophobic. We are racist, discriminatory. Everybody is bad but us. And it shouldn't come out of a Christian's mouth. It shouldn't come out. But here, if you want to get upset, ladies, get upset. There's a hierarchical principle being driven here. This is why our country is going to hell right now. Because women have given up their right to simply be women. I'm ready to battle with all of these crazy people. Because I love women. I love my brothers. Y'all know I love my brothers. But our brothers have been so set aside in this world and the narrative going on. It, it, among the left, it's as if men don't even exist. That means we are already way down the decay line of the metaphorical uh, uh, leprosy so that we're insignificant. 
And the women have not done a well enough job of knowing how to stay in their lane with their own authority. So they're participating in not only killing the men, but killing the children. This is where we are today. If you don't know it, just reflect deeply on it. All of these years of a wonderful opportunity of elevation of our women around the world and particularly in the West. And they wasted a whole lot of that time on self-importance rather than preserving the hierarchical structure. Raise your hand if I'm telling the truth. You don't have to ever come to this church again. I don't, I don't care. I don't care because I, I see it as clear as day. I said, oh, they had 60, 70 years. My sisters had 60, 70 years of four, five, six, seven degrees occupying all kinds of positions, going for the presidency and completely neglecting their homes. You can get mad all you want to. I know this is the case. You had a wonderful opportunity to take part of that authority and really do what God has called you to do on an individual level. But it's not about you. For God, it's about family. You ought to see it in the text. The text is teaching us that God preserves family. That's what your text is teaching you. That he's not going to let Miriam and Aaron, and this is how stupid they are. To bring the house down on Moses is to bring it down on themselves. This is the insanity that I'm dealing with in my generation. When you talk about giving your kids up to being chopped up in 50 different pieces without even a fight. See what I'm getting at? Right. See, so the gospel is an equal opportunity employment agency where all sinners, men and women, we are all totally depraved. We all need the grace of God. Not one person is better than the other. We both need each other. Men need women. Women need men. But it doesn't work to be fighting. It doesn't work to be fighting. The devil loves to fight. It's called divide and conquer. I love what Moses does. He holds the whole thing together, doesn't he? Does he hold it? Look at what the text says. I'm way late. And the Lord said to Moses, if her father had but spit in her face, should she not be ashamed seven days? Let her be shut out from the camp seven days. And after that, let her be received again. God answered his prayer. He said seven days she's going to be publicly set out so the whole nation can know don't play games with racism and discrimination with God. Don't you come to God talking about discriminating against one group towards another. Don't do it. And I'm going to start with the most prodigious family in the nation. And I'm going to let Miriam hang out outside the gate, outside the camp, seven days for everybody to ponder it. You cannot move until she's healed. Seven days you will be reproved by Miriam, who is outside of the camp, as a separated sinner under the wrath of God. She's a representation of all of us. And I know a man who 2,000 years ago endured spitting and shame. A God who laid upon him all our guilt and our crime and sent him without the gate as well. His name is Jesus the Christ. 
the Lord laid upon him the iniquity of us all. And by his stripes, we are healed from the leprosy of our sin and rebellion and allowed to come into the camp of God, never ever to be separated again. Oh, the name of Jesus. Greatest name I know. The son of the living God bore our guilt and shame. This is why we love to call him Jesus the Christ. Amen and amen. Well, you have been listening to Way of Grace with Pastor Jesse Gastand from Grace Bible Church here in Hayward. If you have questions or comments about the program, maybe you would like to learn more about us here at Grace Bible Church in Hayward. Reach out to us by simply calling 510-886-9782, or you can visit our website, grace-bible.com. That's grace-bible.com. Sunday services here at the church are 1030 in the morning. Friday evening is our Friday evening Bible study at 630. And man, we've got friends of the ministry from all over the Bay Area who join us for this Friday night Bible study. It is an amazing time of God's Word and sweet fellowship in Christ. 6.30 in the evening, Tuesdays, our prayer time and a short Bible study as well. These meetings, again, the directions and information of which you can find at our website, grace-bible.com, or by calling 510-886-9782. This program continues to air here on this radio station and on the World Wide Web because you partner with us financially and prayerfully. Thank you for your support. No gift is too small. No gift is too large. And you can either give on a monthly basis or it's a one-time gift. It is all tax deductible. And again, the biggest part of your partnership with us is that we get to continue ministering the gospel of grace here in the Bay Area and all over the world. Consider that as you contact us and join us again next time for another broadcast of Way of Grace with Pastor Jesse Gastan. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.